0: For the last month we've been talking about love. We started with the Love Languages of God series and then we went into a study on the Song of Solomon where we talked about love, sex, and the Bible, God's plan for our romantic relationships and our marriages. And so today I want to stop and just pause for a minute and talk a little bit more about this love of God that we've been talking about for the last month. If you've not listened to those previous series I would encourage you to stop and go back and listen to them because they are going to build in to what we're talking about today. I pray today's episode helps you recognize how incredibly much you are loved. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey, friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. The Hearing Jesus podcast is so excited to partner with Compassion International. We believe in Compassion's mission to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. Sponsors, when they sponsor a child, have the opportunity to see firsthand the impact that you're making through letters and updates that you receive from your sponsored child. It's not just changing the lives of children. It's changing entire families, whole communities, always through the local church and always in Jesus' name. When you choose to sponsor a child, you ensure access to quality education, medical checkups, healthy food, clean water, and most importantly, the love of Jesus delivered through a church in their community because of a generous, caring sponsor like you. And you can speak life, love, and hope to your sponsored child through personal letters that you'll exchange. I hope you'll join me in sponsoring a child through compassion today. All you have to do is pull out your phone and text Hearing Jesus to 83393. You'll get a text back with a picture of a child who is waiting for a sponsor and a link to sponsor that child. You can also go to compassion.com forward slash Hearing Jesus to choose a boy or girl to sponsor. When you sponsor, we'll also send you a copy of She Hears Learning. To listen to Jesus, my book, as a token of our thanks for investing in the life of a child. Thank you for joining me and sponsoring A Child Through Compassion today. Hey, friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we are talking about the love of God in the context of fury, and that may feel like an odd word to select when we're talking about God's love, and I used to think the same thing. However, one of my favorite authors is Brendan Manning. He is, well, he was a Franciscan priest who wrote a lot about the love of God. He's passed away now, but his work is so amazing, and it's been life-changing for me in a lot of ways. I've read his work for probably the last 20 years, and his perspective on the love of God spoke to me as someone that was broken and hurting and didn't look the way that everybody else looked. I, I came from a family that looked different from everybody else's family. My own family was hurting in a way that looked different from the people in the church around me. And so Brendan's work spoke to this place of brokenness that I was afraid to even admit out loud that God might not love me as much as he loved other people. And in his book, The Furious Longing of God, Brendan talks about love in the context of fury. And one of the things I found so interesting is he talked about how the word fury is a noun. And of course, we tend to think of that our first reaction is within the terms of anger. However, if you look at the actual definition of the word fury, it's basically talking about the intense energy that happens at the beginning of a storm. So when a storm is gathering, that electrical charge that you can feel in the air, that is actually called a fury. And so if we think about that in terms of love of God, if we think of the furious love of God, What he's talking about is the vitality and the energy and the strength of what it means that the God of the universe through Jesus is seeking this union with us, this relationship with us. It is furious. And I love that because it gives us this entirely new perspective on what it means to be loved by God. The union of God with us as believers is something that is sometimes hard to even imagine. Why would the God of the universe want to have not just a relationship with us, but a union with us? It's something that the biblical writers sometimes struggle to understand themselves. But one of the things I love is the words of Paul in Galatians 2, Verse 20, he says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And so it's not even just union, but it's this indwelling of the Holy Spirit that takes over in our spiritual lives. And if you think about that, the amount of impact that makes on us when we realize that it's not just for those that have their life altogether that Christ seeks to indwell us. It's not just for those that are in ministry. It's not just for those that read their Bible every single day or for those that are serving in full-time ministry. No, in fact, Matthew says, I have come to call not the self-righteous, but the sinners. And this very idea of the fact that Jesus came for us when we were still broken in the midst of our heartache and our sorrow and our mess, that's When Jesus sought us out, it's not that we had ourselves all cleaned up and we became worthy of him. No, he saw our brokenness. He saw our need. The very point of the scriptures, the very point of God sending Jesus is he knew that we needed him in our brokenness. I think sometimes we can get so inside of our own heads that we forget that our disqualifications of ourselves are not the same as what God says about us. In fact, it's quite often the very opposite. And there was a long time in my life where I tried to do that very thing. I tried to be good enough to make sure I didn't just earn God's love, but I kept it. And when I was younger, that might have looked like maybe getting good grades or being the most responsible person in the room if I was at work or something like that. But then later in my life, when it came to ministry, it was, was I pushing myself as hard as I could? Was I fighting my own laziness? Was I living and breathing every moment of every day for the kingdom and the glory of the Lord. And the honest to goodness truth was is even though I would not have consciously have said it, I felt a tie to how much I was working for the Lord with how much I was deserving of his love. And I will tell you, that was a very easy way to sink into this behavior pattern that led to burnout. And maybe you're not there. Maybe it's not in ministry. Maybe it's in your career, or maybe it's in your parenting, or maybe it's in your relationships. But friend, I want you to realize that Jesus came for you. Jesus desired this relationship with you before you knew him in your brokenness. There's nothing that you can do to earn that love. And let me just even go one step further and say that you can never do another thing. Ever In your whole life. And that would not change the way that God feels about you. He loves you. God is love. And it's not based on what you're doing or what you're not doing. It's based on who he is. He loves you because of who he is, not because anything that you do or you don't do or you say or you don't say. I think that's a really important part that we sometimes miss. I've spent a lot of years working with people in various capacities because I have a heart for outreach and missions and evangelism. And one of the things I love about outreach ministry is you spend a lot of time with people that either don't know the Lord yet or they're brand new in their faith. And, you know, if I'm honest, I have learned so much from people that are brand new to their faith that are still in the midst of their mess sometimes more so than those that have been believers a really long time. I find that their perspective is a little bit different and they're taking things at face value instead of questioning them like so many of us do after we've been believers for a long time. I remember when I was pastoring at a church that had a pretty big outreach ministry, and we had a variety of ways to get people to church. We sent out vans and buses, and we even paid the local CATA bus to bring people in. And what that meant was that sometimes people came through the door that looked a little bit different than what you would expect On a typical Sunday morning. They, of course, were not dressed in their Sunday best. Sometimes their clothes were dirty. Sometimes they smelled less than what you would want them to smell like. Sometimes they didn't have both socks or both shoes on their feet. Sometimes their language was a little bit more colorful than what you would expect on a Sunday morning. Sometimes they came hungry. Sometimes they came broken. And if I'm honest, those were my favorite people because they came out of the sincere desire to experience Jesus. It wasn't about keeping up appearances. It wasn't about not feeling guilty for sleeping in on the Sunday. It was sincerely about learning more about this God who was furiously in love with them. And I think that's part of the reason why I have such a heart for outreach ministries and for missions, because it takes away the preconceived notions of what you have to look like in order to love Jesus and in fact I think that appeals to me so much because for a really long time in my own life I didn't look the way everybody else looked like my life did not look like that as a single mom you know my kids in their little Christian school were told that I was going to go to hell because I got divorced and that is complete opposite of God's heart for me because he saw the brokenness I was walking through. (music) mm <music> Hey friends! With summer coming up, before we know it, I wanted to share with you about one of our partners, Kids Across America Camps. For over 30 years, their mission has remained the same, to build Christian leaders by encouraging, equipping, and empowering urban youth and their mentors through camp and education. In both my own life and in the life of my daughters, camp has been a life-changing, future-altering experience. For many kids, this is not only the highlight of the summer, but their lives. Children and teens dedicate their lives to Christ. Young believers put down deep roots in the faith. The food, the games, the sports, the friends. It's so much fun. With kids across America camps, many of the kids and teens they serve come from under-resourced communities. Finances are often the only thing standing between them and camp, between them and an extraordinary first meeting with Jesus. What happens if they don't get to come? Well, more of the same. Many of these kids will spend all summer in environments that will keep them from being exposed to the love of Jesus and potentially exposing them to more violence, more crime, more alcohol and drugs. But if you send them to camp, Everything can change. You can give towards camper scholarships that can truly make an eternal impact in the life of one of these students. Every gift counts. Even small gifts can be paired together to help sponsor a child to go to camp. But please don't wait. Only a few weeks remain before camp starts, and we want every deserving child and teen to be able to attend. Go online to give KAA camps, that's camps with a K, dot org forward slash hearing Jesus. That's KAAKAM. PS.org forward slash hearing Jesus. There were times where I didn't have enough money to go to the women's ministry event and it didn't really seem to matter because if I couldn't go, well then maybe there was next year. There was times where my kids didn't have the nicest shoes because it was basically coming down to, do I buy them new shoes or do buy do I buy groceries that week? There was a lot of times where the brokenness I was in, the church was not there for me. It was Jesus that was there for me. And I think over those times in my life, and I think about the way that God showed up for me in a way that nobody else did that felt a lot like that energy before the storm it's not that the storm wasn't there or it wasn't coming or the threat of it wasn't always there but yet he was there his presence was palpable you could feel his presence there I mean to this day I look back on some of those more difficult seasons of my life and I'm so thankful for them because it taught me about who he is and who he longs to be in the midst of our brokenness There's a passage from Ephesians that I want to share. It's Ephesians chapter 3, and it's verses 17 through 19. It says that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. I want to pause there for a minute because I want to make sure you really grasp what the Apostle Paul is saying in this passage. He's saying that the love of Jesus for us is beyond anything that we can comprehend. It's beyond knowledge. It's beyond our understanding. And we have such a legalistic view sometimes of what that looks like. We're very traditional. And even though we might say, no, we're, you know, a contemporary church, if somebody comes to the door and their shirt is a little bit too low cut for church, are they welcomed still? Are they overwhelmed with the love of God or are they judged and sent back home? And what if there's somebody that just got off work? And that's their work clothes. And that's the kind of industry that they're in that requires those kinds of clothes. That's what I'm talking about. When people come through the doors of our church, one of the things that a former colleague of mine used to always say, it's a lot like fishing. You have to catch the fish before you can clean the fish. And yet so often when people that are so desperate for the love of God in their lives come through our doors or even into our lives, when they look a little bit different, less than what you would want them the ideal to be, are they experiencing the love of God that draws them in or are they experiencing rejection at the hands of believers? I think that's the conviction I've had really a lot lately because I understand What drew me in when I was feeling rejected, when I was feeling less than, it was the love of God that drew me in. It's what we see in the gospels. That's what we see in Jesus. He drew people in with his love. He still does. But yet as believers, are we acting in a way that draws people in in love? Or are we acting in a way that pushes them away from Jesus? Because while they might not look or act or smell or talk the way that people in church should do those things, they're never going to get there if they experience rejection at the hands of believers. But if we let go of some of those preconceived notions of how everybody should act and think and behave within the the church world, I think we'll see a difference in the kinds of people that come through our doors and then the impact that we can make in our communities because that's the promise of God. When we allow people to come as they are, not that they will stay as they are, but to come as they are, that's the point that Jesus can meet them. If you think about your own life, And when I say the words, God is love, I want you to think about that in terms of there's never been a time in your life that God did not love you. Let me say that again. There's never, ever been a time in your life, even before you were born, that God did not love you. And there will never be a time in your life that God will not love you. Now, does that mean he's always happy with us? No. There are times as a parent, I am not happy with one of my children because of their behavior or their decisions or something that they've done or said, but that doesn't mean I don't love them. Even if I'm not happy with them or I disagree with them, it doesn't mean I don't love them. There will never be a moment over their days that I don't love them. That's how God feels about you. He's not just our father. He's a good father and he is overwhelmed with love for you. So as we think about that, I want to leave you with something to ponder. Maybe you're someone that is far removed from the season of your life where you felt different than others around you, especially within the church. But for all of us, we tend to have versions of ourselves. There is the you, the version of you that the people around you see. And then there's the rest of you, the person that other people don't see. Think about who the rest of you part really, truly is. And I want you to think about the fact that God loves even those parts, the parts that are hard to love, the parts we don't show anybody else. Those parts are part and parcel of who you are. And there's never been a moment that God did not love you, all of you. That doesn't mean that he wants you to stay that way. It doesn't mean that it's not what he has planned for you or that he longs to give you something different, something better, but he loves you just the same. I want you to think about that as we pray. Father God, we thank you for this furious love that we can experience as your children. God, help us to receive that love even in the moments where we don't feel lovable. God, when we walk into a room and we feel other, we feel different. God, help us to realize that you are there, that there's never been a moment in our entire lives that you have not loved us, and there will never be a moment in our entire lives that you will not love us. God, we recognize that you don't always love all of our behaviors behavior, but we also recognize that because you are love, we are loved. Lord, I thank you for the way that you continue to reveal your heart for us, your love for us. Lord, I pray that you would overwhelm my friend today, overwhelm them with your love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey friends, before you go, real quick, I wanna let you know that we have extra resources at shehears.org to help you grow in your faith. Whether you're looking for a new Bible or Bible tabs or additional Bible studies, I've curated a selection of some of my favorite things that I think you're really gonna love. So with Easter coming up, I wanna offer you 10% on the store. If you go to shehears.org and go to our shop on the resources page, you can enter the code HEARINGJESUS for 10% off between now and Easter. Happy shopping.